yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. Folks, on this week's episode, I'm finding out all about Pilates, how and why it's different to yoga, the importance of movement, and the massive benefits that can be had from its practice. To give me insights, tips, and advice, I'm delighted to be joined in studio by two of Ireland's leading evangelists, experts, and practitioners who are co-founders of Reformation, a Dublin 4-based studio, Annie Kerwin and Lee Tracy. You're very welcome to the Real Health Podcast. Thank you so much for having Thank us. Thank you, Carl. They're big words. Evangelists, expert and practitioners. Good God. No pressure now, by the way. Yeah, I know. Jeez. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Um, Annie, we first had you on the show during the podcast festival last year. You are on a panel that we did. You're passionate and driven uh, about health and about Pilates and about getting people moving more. But you didn't start uh, off doing that in life. You went a different path. Yeah. Um, the road... I was going to say less travelled, a very long way around. I um, started studying biology in college um, and I did four years there. And then after I went to do a PhD in immunology um, and uh, very quickly realised it wasn't for me. But even though I knew that, it took me a while to come to terms with that. And I did two years um, and I just had a moment. I was like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm not a very... um, brave person or like I'd be very rational and very like um I wouldn't take many risks but I did I was like okay I'm done and I took a year traveling that was gorgeous went around like Asia and China and Australia that whole route um, and along the way um I traveled with my friend and we said wouldn't it be lovely to be yoga and Pilates teachers I'm not really sure we had that in our head we'd done like a few classes we hadn't done like we weren't super like dedicated daily practitioners um, but I came back and um, it's actually kind of a funny story. I got a job in science, which was what I'd like studied. Um, and within a day, like on my first day, I, <laughs> I had a bit of a panic. I was, I was holding a pet, which it took me so long to get out of science that when I was uh, back in the lab, I was like, what am I doing here? And at this stage, I had done a Pilates course Um I just a, a, a like it was a, a brief mat course, like an introduction introductory course. Um, and when I held that pipette, it was like my life flashed before me. And I was like, oh, my God, you're back in the lab. What are you doing here? And I went home that day and I said to my dad, I was like, I'm going to do Pilates full time, which I don't know where I got the notion from, but I, I did. And uh, I took six months then doing a full internship and um, took it from there. So, again, like I'm not a risk taker. I don't. Uh, I would do things very much through structure, but it was one of those pivotal moments where I was like, "Okay, I uh, I got to do this." And um, it's been it's been great. That was nearly seven years ago, and I've been working full time in it since. So, from my first class that I taught, 
um, I remember being so nervous going into it and it was like my sister and my friend and this poor woman who didn't know what she signed up for <laughs> and uh, I stood at the back of the room and uh, my whole body was like shaking and I was trying to stay cool stay calm but I remember leaving and going okay this is like you know sometimes you don't even know what's missing um, but it was like everything made sense at that point mm. and what's so wonderful about um our jobs or our, like our careers is that you never stop learning. And that's what always drew me to biology is that I love the system of the body. I love learning. I love, I'm so intrigued by it. Like there's um, everything in the body is so well, I, I say the word designed, but like everything is so well created. Everything has a purpose and um, you could spend your lifetime looking from like the big structure of the whole body right down to like DNA to like certain um, modifications of DNA to your environment. Like it's just, you never stop learning with it. And then um, through movement and what your body can do, like through Pilates, through yoga, through movement in general, through your your lifestyle, like you have such um, control of what your body, your body does. And that's where, um, like when we were in the lab, you're looking at, so what, what I would have looked at was right inside the cell in the um, looking at DNA and changes to that um, under it was under the um, the environment of infection or, or what is an immune response. Um, but like when I studied science, I never really saw anything how lifestyle affects that um, or how your stress affects that or what you're doing, what you're eating. Like nutrition was like, it was on the cut, like it was there, but it was never something, um, it was very black and white what I was reading. It was very, um, it was very scientific. And then I found this world of like yoga and of Pilates and it was so uh, mindful and it was so much about um, your lifestyle, your thoughts, your environment, the people you're around. And that to me was totally like, like, Totally. I was, <laughs> to be honest, when I first uh, got into it, I was like, oh, geez, these hippies, like, it made no sense to me. I was like, yeah, sure, you can cure that. Big, yeah, like a, ro a road in the eyes. Um, but then the more you delve into it and the more research and the more you see it through people. So um, how you can make profound changes in your life by by changing how you live. But now it's showing that those changes meets the science of it, that you can actually change how your body is manufacturing proteins or is how it's processing different elements through your lifestyle. So it's it's kind of like a, a 360 or a 180 of it that uh, it all combines together. And if I was to ask you for a one-liner for what Pilates actually is. Okay. I'm sure that's really hard in a mm. one-liner, but however, we'll put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> because people hear the words, and we're going to talk about yoga in a sec, but uh, Pilates, yoga, but they don't really know what they are or yeah. the difference between them. In a nutshell, Pilates is... Pilates is a life-changing, full-body movement, bringing in breath, mindfulness, and movement. I have to work on that. But yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. <laughs> so it's looking at uh, how you move your body um, and the mindfulness in this uh, of Pilates is a little different about the mindfulness of yoga, but it's more about um, your precision of the movements that you do, the control of your movements. So you're not jumping around the place kind of uh, unaware of what you're doing. It's very much finding your center and being very precise in how you move and very precise in your breath and using that to change your patterns of your body, how it moves. Okay. Lee. Yes, hi. How did you get into yoga and mindfulness? Was it, Did you always do them uh, or was it a, a big career change as well for you? Um, it was something that I started off as a personal practice for myself. Um, 
the first time I tried yoga, actually, it was very much down to aesthetics. And, you know, I think Madonna was doing it at the time or someone was, you know, I was like, oh, what's this thing? It was trendy. So, yeah, Rick it was trendy. It so it was, um, it was years and years ago. Gosh, it was a long time ago. But um, I went to my first yoga class and I dragged my two mates along with me and we went to a hot yoga class. And I remember speaking to, to the, the instructor owner or the studio owner that we were going to. And she was like, now, you've done a yoga class before, haven't you? And I was like, yeah, of course we have. She's like, this is level two, you know, people know what they're doing, level two, three. I was like, yeah, 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 that's no problem. Dragged my two mates along with me and um, it ended up being hot yoga with weights strapped on us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she very quickly realized that we didn't have a clue of what was going on. Um, Big ground with weights, go yeah, Basically, on. that's Good what God. it was, right? Um, but somehow I got hooked anyway. So um, through this kind of very um, physical practice of asana, which is the poses, um, the word asana is Sanskrit for pose um, or connection to the earth. And through the, the physical, which is how most people get into it, um, I began to see the changes in my in my life and how it could be used in different, different ways. And at that time, I was working in finance and I had been in um, finance for a good few years at that stage. And it kind of dawned on me, there was this feeling of like, malaise or um, being lethargic or just not living to my full potential and I didn't I couldn't really pinpoint it and I couldn't put my finger on it but I knew that in the background there was some kind of dissatisfaction with my life that I wasn't fully happy and you know yourself sometimes when you go through those phases you very much push it into the background you're like I'm grand there's nothing wrong with me I've got a good job I'm you know I've got a partner I've got this and you, you think of all the good things that you have but there was still this niggle in the back of my mind and when I actually sat um in meditation or when I went to yoga I was like there's something just not right I'm not living the way I'm supposed to be living my life so eventually um much like Annie I worked up the courage to decide to um leave my career path and go on um this different journey and I was like right I'm going to do something completely different um going from sitting behind a desk working with numbers going um into something that I'm really passionate about which is yoga so I decided and this this was a long time ago before there was kind of many yoga courses around or anything like that so I had to go abroad to do it so it was very much like a break from everything and at that stage I broke up with my boyfriend, I moved house, I quit my job, I did everything within like a month and I was like gone, you know. So eventually I decided to go off and retrain and then I came back and I remember coming back and having this moment of, oh good God, what have I done, you know. <laughs> um, and I remember speaking to my mom going, what have I done? And she was like, it'll be okay, just give it give it a chance. So um, I texted the studio that I was um going to at that time and I said I'll be back in tomorrow can't wait to see you any chance you need a teacher haha ha, kind of being cheeky about it and she was like actually I need a teacher tomorrow can you do it and I was like yes <laughs> <laughs> so I went and did that and um from that stage on I was I was teaching and as Annie said as well you know it's a constant learning process um continually like with yoga there's so many different areas to it you can go down rabbit holes like be it philosophy be it meditation be it the physical postures be it anatomy there's so many different ways you can go so and there's so many different methods and so many teachers and lineages that you can learn from um that I have been you know training um really all around the world for the last um coming up to nearly a decade now and just kind of amalgamating as much as I can and bringing everything back to my practice and what I can offer to other people as well so yeah it's been a bit of a journey <laughs> to, to say the least yeah uh 
how does it differ from Pilates? And so, uh, uh, you know, Annie gave us a very, you know, nice broad elements of what Pilates is. Mm. Give us the difference between that and yoga. Okay. Or are they, maybe they're not that different. Well, I they? have a, a big difference. Well, yeah, yeah, go on. Um, in that same mat, but in yoga, people always go barefoot and in Pilates, people always wear socks. <laughs> you That's, said that the other day. <laughs> that is the big difference. If you go into a Pilates <laughs> mat class, everyone has their socks on. In yoga, no one has their socks on. So that's how you could tell the difference. Yeah, it's very true. And then I suppose if you bring that into like the reason why. So like the reason why you don't wear socks in a yoga class is because you want to connect to the earth. You want to be as close to the being grounded mm-hmm. as, as you possibly can, you know? And that's what yoga is about. It's being grounded. It's being um, grounded in a reality that we sometimes don't always see because of the society that we live in and the world that we live in is very loud. It's very distracting. And you can get swept up on that. You know, you can get swept away by that and you can lose who you are. And when I was going through that kind of, you know, transformative stage in my life, I'd lost who I was. I'd lost who, who what my essence was. Mm-hmm. And yoga brings you back to that by being very grounded in in the reality that that's actually there instead of what your perception is. Um, so it, for me, it's a, it's a transformative um, experience, and it's it's grounded in ethics and morals and principles. And the asana, the poses, all fit around that, but it's based on that. If that makes sense. Good answer. <laughs> um, the meditation component of that then has become really popular over the course mm. of the last couple of years. Why do you think that is? It's kind of what I touched on there. Um, I think that people are feeling a little bit lost in the world today and that when we try to come back to ourselves, when we um, sit and are quiet and we actually feel how we feel instead of just constantly being on the go, like the society of busyness, it hasn't mm-hmm. done us any favours. Um, you know, it's very much like trying to one up yourself again and again and again. And that's unsustainable. And people get to a point where you're going to break or you're going to do damage or at the very least, you're going to end up living a life that you don't want to live. Um, And so these practices are designed to bring us back to a state of our natural way of being or our own natural um, essence. So when we sit in meditation, it's a time for us to be quiet and it's a time for us to kind of reconnect with who we really are and to get clarity as well. Like, you know, with all the noise around at the moment, it's really, really hard to to figure out what's going on actually in your own head. Um, And you know, to be able to sit in stillness and quietness in, in a room by yourself, it's an art and it's um, it's something that we should, we should all be able to do. But because of our phones and because of technology, it's something that we've lost as well, you know. And I think it's a lot to do with um, creativity too. I heard something from uh, Neil Hannon from The Divine Comedy. I was listening to um, him being interviewed by Dave Fanning. And he was saying, you know, what do you think is missing with the creative element of artists today? And he was saying, to be honest with you, it's navel gazing. He was saying, I sat in my room for so long, looking at the ceiling, like in a state of meditation, looking at the wall. You mightn't have labeled it that, but that's what you were doing. You were pondering, you were meditating, you were having moments of clarity, you were having moments of quietness. And we don't get that anymore. Mm. Like, it's just, it's not there. I think I'd said that actually in the last podcast that um, I heard some, um, it was a guy, I don't know, can't remember who it was. He was saying, what's missing in the nation of Ireland now is the art of sitting in an armchair and taking like a nap or a snooze. Yeah. That we don't, like, it, it's, um, it can be quite shocking when you 
you account for your actions. So you come in the door, you put the radio on, you put the TV on, you look at your phone, you're waiting for, I don't know, your dinner to cook, you're on your phone. Like it's, and then you say stuff like, oh, I don't have time to do that. How could mm. I find an hour? How could I sit for, in meditation yeah. for 10 minutes? Yeah. yeah. Or even like actually meeting people face to face, we're missing that. So it's a uh, yoga and mindfulness definitely makes you um, very aware of your actions. It's like a, a self audit of what you're doing mm. um, and to make those changes. It's like a little reset button as yeah. well, isn't it? Like even, I suppose, like the, the most obvious way you can describe it is if you go into a meditation or a yoga class and you come in and you're stressed and you're in a terrible mood and same with Plades as well. And you're like, you know, really, really um, hyper anxious. And then you walk out and you've got like a mm. ah, feeling and you can bet your bottom dollar that the person that you walked in there as and the person that you walk out of there are, as are completely different. And the way you relate to everyone else in those two states is completely different. So all of a sudden, your relationships are different. All of a sudden, how you're relating and communicating with other people, how you're seeing the world, your perspective completely changes. So it is very much, you know, transformative. And I think people are, 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 are seeing that for themselves. Mm-hmm. Folks, you are listening to The Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. I hope you're relaxing and you're kind of zen-like <laughs> listening to Annie and Lee in studio. Um, okay, so it centres you, it relaxes you, it grounds you, it brings you kind of, it just brings you back to, to, to a good space. Um, marry that with setting up your own business. Ah, <laughs> that's a tricky one. We've How never does that needed. work? So you both set up your own business, uh, but in the last year, yeah, yeah, recollection. Yeah. Um, so, how do you take all that calmness and? entrepreneurship and stick it together and how does that work and talk us through the journey over the course of setting up your business and how, and how that's been well like you definitely need yoga setting up a business there's a lot yeah. of moments where um you could react and you just have to breathe and calm yourself and make wise decisions on, on that mm-hmm. so we set up um we're open eight months eight but the process finished. started around this time last year um and yeah, it's uh, they say running a business isn't easy. They're not lying. <laughs> no, they're definitely um, not lying. Like from every element, from like setting up our, our studio, like the the, the physical um, aspect of getting it together, getting teachers, like working with your clients, your students coming in, the day-to-day organization, the big picture organization. The finance, the finance, yeah. yeah. I mean, one day we had Counting wasps the in the studio. Oh. Uh, yeah. The door broke, like everything that happens. But you learn so much, like... The first day that, we'll give you a laugh, the first day that we opened, you know, myself and Annie were kind of doing everything. So, you know, Annie was in control of the Pilates, I was in control of the yoga. We were teaching, we were doing our thing. And then just before we were due to teach, we both looked at each other and we're like, who's going to open the door? <laughs> like we literally had no one to open the door, you know, this kind of stuff, you know. So it's been a massive learning journey, mm. but definitely like the practices have helped us. And one of the things we were talking about this in the car on the way over and, uh, you know, we were saying, what have we learned? Or, you know, what would you say, that, you know, has been our biggest learning? And I was saying to Annie that one of the biggest things that we, I think we both learned mm. is just to wait and respond rather than reacting and that's really what it's all about you know that kind of way you might get an email in or you might have a dispute with someone or you might get a really bad phone call or something happens that shouldn't have happened and instead of going well this that and the other this should have been done this way you know or sending that email or getting on the phone like just give it a few hours let it settle feel how you feel and then come back to us when you've just got a bit more of a logical mm-hmm. and non-emotional head on you is just the best thing you can ever do. 
Well, I definitely, before I taught or practiced yoga and Pilates, I definitely was, um, like we were kind of on our journey to it, you're different people and I definitely was more hot-headed or um, you take everything really personally and you, you can't see someone else's point of view. It's very like you're self-driven um, and having, I suppose, that perspective of going, okay, we're here and we're looking at it. They're there, they're looking at it. There's some mid midway ground rather than going, no, and just end of story. Yeah, being very emotionally driven. Yeah. By, yeah. yeah. And has it been easier or harder than you thought it would be? Harder, harder. <laughs> yeah, that's what. Does I, anyone ever say it was easier? I would say what I have learned most is um, like adaptability. That everything is scary the first time you do it, and then you you kind of like the first time you have to do your vat, you're like, oh my god, and then you just do it and it's fine. Or the first, like anything you do the first time is, is terrifying, and you just break it down and it's step by step. So it's keeping like a, a clear head and uh, yeah, not. Um, not jumping to step five, just taking your time along the way. And I would be naturally a catastrophizer, like, oh, God, the place is going to burn down. Everyone hates us. Like, So you have to kind of come back to reality, like see the stories that you're making up. And if you're going to make up stories, make them good ones. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the bigger picture? You chat, you're saying they're about the bigger picture plans. What are those? What are the, what are the plans? Well, we definitely like to open some more studios, potentially, um, like we're working on our business model a lot and you know refining what our offering is and you know exactly who our demographic are and what we can offer what we're bringing to the market and how we can um enhance the health and well-being space and we've both been in working um in this space for you know a long time now so we we definitely have a great idea of that but I suppose the two of us coming together and then forming reformation instead of it being Lee and Annie or Annie and Lee it's reformation you know and that is the bigger picture so in terms of probably more studios, we're definitely concentrating on teacher trainings. We both have so much to offer that we really, really want to, to give more time to that and energy to that. Um, product lines, um, podcast books, you know, the sky's the limit, really, you know. Yeah, we definitely dream big, which is mm. a good thing. Yeah. It's crucial. Yeah. yeah. You have to, if you don't, it's, uh, yeah, yeah no, nothing, nothing else. You know, nothing else happens. You have to dream. You have to dream big. Okay, let's pull it back to our listeners. I want three key tips from each of you uh, in terms of key takeaways um, that you've learned over the years. That if our listeners apply to their lives, that they'll be healthier and happier and more balanced and calmer. Um, so, who wants to go first? Um, okay. Um, so, first tip is. Um, like if you want to do something, do it. Like if so, if you want to run, run a minute. If you want to do, if you want to get fitter, do one plank. So that we sometimes get so carried away in in where we need to be that it's exactly what I said. It's your baby steps. Um. So just start. If you want to do something, there's a. It's a, an aspect of, of yoga is that if you um, if you rather than going like say New Year's resolution going, I want to be fit. You change it and you go, I am fit. So it's in you. And you just have to, to start living it. So just start would be the number one. Um, two is squat every day. And a <laughs> totally different aspect of it. But not so much, like not in like, you don't need to be in a gym lifting weights, like the actual movement of a squat. So rather than bending forward and folding your spine, bend your knees, get your bum down, get your hips down and try and do that. Like um, if you're picking something off the floor, if you're putting something in the dishwasher, start squatting three a day. Um, the best thing you can do for your pelvic floor and for just your, your hip movement. Um, and three would be 
in the morning time, take 30 seconds just to reset. So if you get out kind of grumpy and you're a bit all over the place, you might live your day from that aspect. But 30 seconds of gratitude, of just like reflecting on what you want or setting the scene of what you want in the day can can change everything. Great. Okay. God good. damn it! I should have gone first. <laughs> <laughs> so my number one thing is is gratitude. Starting your day with gratitude, like it's it's a game changer, um, and it doesn't have to be a big deal. You can just simply stay in bed as you are, and for like thirty seconds or one minute, simply list five things that you're grateful for. And as Annie said, it just completely changes your perspective. Um, another thing is to do what you love. So often we're like, oh God, I, you know, I, I should go into the gym and I should lift weights because that's what everyone does. Or, you know, I should go to that boxing class or I should, you know, whatever it is that we say we should do. Like, I love yoga and I do yoga and it makes me feel amazing and it brings me back to who I am. And, you know, if it's something that you love to do every day and that makes you happy, well then stick with it, you know, do what, do what makes you happy. Um, and, the other thing as well, if we stop being so hard on yourself, mm-hmm. like we all do it, we all have this voice in our head telling us that we should be this way or that everyone else is better or who do you think you are doing this, that and the other, you know, like if we could just simply begin to build new patterns in the way that we think, it would have such a profound effect on how we can live our lives. So be kinder to yourself, start your day with gratitude and do what you love. Three very simple tips from our two experts really, in really studio simple. today. Uh, if people want to find out more about Reformation, where can they find out the info? Um, www.reformation.ie um, and it's the same for Instagram, Reformation underscore IE. Fantastic. Folks, uh, for this episode, it was very simple. We wanted to tell you all about yoga and all about Pilates, how they can improve your life and the difference between the two. I'm delighted to have been joined in studio with Annie Curran and Lee Tracy. Thank you so much for coming in and joining us today on the Real Health Podcast. As ever, folks, you know where we are. It's realhealth at independent.ie, at curlhenrypt on Twitter and on Instagram. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, uh, because the more, the merrier. Uh, Today, as you listen to this episode on Thursday when it goes out, we are on our way to the podcast uh, awards as part of the uh, the journalism awards in the mansion house in dublin in around now hopefully if you're listening in at about say 12 one o'clock we will know if we have won the award we've been nominated for podcast of the year i'm phenomenally proud and if we don't win i'm going to take this moment to thank my wonderful team regardless of what i want to talk about my little speech um we're delighted to be nominated for podcast of the year by uh, the panel and fingers crossed we're going to win you'll see it in the papers if we do you'll see it on our social media and uh, above all we'll be here next week to tell you all about the awards have a wonderful week apply those tips and tools and we shall see you next week Slow Wonderful. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.